you up in the next you're listening to another episode of the shop doc shop podcast all about front and web design development i'm dave in the shed rupert with me is chris in the booth courier hey chris how are you doing today oh i'm good i like your enthusiasm ready to go on this every random week you show up you gotta show, show up and that's part of the job part of the job you're god dang right yeah, front end, even though your life is probably so back-endy lately, I bet. I am up to my armpits in back-end work. Are <laughs> and, you really? Oh. And it's just like I'm looking at – I was looking at the tickets today because like, I just finished a project, right? Like like I, I just was on a bug crush sprint, you know, like we had like show-stopping bugs and I just was like, I'm going to fix those because that's like – Get those out of the way, and then we can kind of cut new features, you know, and that's kind of the new next phase of life, you know. And so I'm looking at all this work, right. man, and I'm just like, this is a back end. This is a back end. Okay, that's like all back end. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like up to my eyeballs. And so I'm just trying to, like, um, I don't know, just figure out how to cut this work up and stuff. And we've got a little bit of help, so that's nice, but it's, it's you know, um, just trying to get this all sorted. It's It's hard, so... I bet, dude. You, it's funny you like go to. I don't know. I've been going to, around to a lot of like startup sites and stuff like that, you know. And you check out their about page, and you're like, "How many people work on this thing?" You know, and it's like ten or twenty people. Like they make blog for dogs or whatever thing that I'm like. Does it's that always more than you think, people? isn't it? Yeah, and then I'm just and so I'm like looking at CodePen and I'm just like, how the hell does CodePen do it? They got like seven ish or eight ish or something. So, and I'm just like, y'all, y'all are. I'll tell you how we're, everybody's very smart and we've had 10 years to do it. So, okay. I say 10 years because June, it's like something like June 19th or something. I'd have to look it up. So next month will literally be 10 years since the beta. So really right. we were working on it before the beta was public. So we're kind of past 10 years of, of actually working on it. Well, and your money machine's going. You're you know, like you got right. payment coming. I'm like, I need a money machine. <laughs> I need a, <laughs> I need a payment service. Oh crap! So it's just you know that's more back end tickets, you know. So anyway, it's all just it is. I, I, it is. But but it, the back end, I can do the back end. It's fine. I get like very. What would be the term? I'm not. I, I was thinking about this today. Can I mouth blog a blog for you? Do it. Okay. I put a poll up on Twitter. I can see how it's going. But it, it was basically like I was thinking about teams, right? And how we assemble teams. And we're like, oh, you need a senior developer. You need a junior developer. You need, you know? But I was thinking about like teams in video games, you know, where it's like, you need a tank. You need a support. You need mm, a DPS, mm. a damage hero, you know, who just like. Right. Like League of Legends, beat. classic. You have a League tank, of Legends. a mage. Yeah. And a, yeah. Like you wouldn't you wouldn't go into a battle with only five supports, or maybe you would just for the meme. But like, you know, <laughs> if you went in with five supports, you're gonna get flattened, you know. Um, and so I just was kind of like, you know, maybe that idea applies to web development to some degree. Like, like maybe because it, it reflects more like style, you know. It f- reflects like I'm a tank, dude. I, I have infinite hit points, and I can just take whatever grind right. there what's is. your weakness then though as a tank but i'm know? a but i'm defense but i'm slow as heck like i'm a defensive mm. coder but i'm slow as heck or something like that right right and then right. uh you know damage you know you could have like a range sniper uh and they are just 
phew, they're specialized, right? They do one thing and one thing very well, but they right. are not but super good. But you only good. get them on Thursdays. On Monday, they're sleeping. <laughs> yeah, they're not good in the mid-fight or the close fight. You know, you don't want them. Right. You want, you want, or like, you know, it's like a spellcaster or something, you know, like maybe that's, I don't know, or now you're getting into D&D sort of characters, right? Like the, the, you know, the cleric who's just like, hey, buddy, you can do it. Like somebody who's like literally supportive. That's super valuable. Maybe you need that on your team, right? Like maybe you need right. these roles more than you need like junior senior. It reminds me of interviewing though, because it's kind of like you're going to get at what they're good at pretty quick, right? Because it's kind of like, oh, you talk and talk and you're going to tell me what you're good at, what you're good at's on your resume, what's your good at's on your website, what you're good at's on your social media, what you're good at's on your GitHub. We're going to get at that pretty quickly, although you do need to verify it. But what's harder and more difficult to root out is what you're bad at. So it's almost like a good interview is like, all right, all right, we've already figured out what you're good at. You need to tell me what you're bad at because I super need to know, you know? Because if we check in a team, we can't, right? Like, I need to know you have zero backend skills before I ask you to, like, you put put full stack on your resume, but if you, like, can't do this, please, like, let me know because this is security critical or something, you know? Right. And the people that are like fire fast, you know, which I don't hate. It it doesn't jive with my personality very well, but I get why it's so useful is kind of like, it's, it's hard to root out what somebody's bad at. So just hire them. And then then if they're bad at stuff, that's bad for your company, just fire them quick so they can move on. You know, Mm -hmm. I like the metaphor though. Support really is a role in, in League of Legends, isn't it? That's one of the, yeah. Like, and it's in Overwatch and even like in D and D it would be like a cleric or a, you know, something like that. You know, it's just like somebody who can like come in and assist or like, they're excellent peer programmers. I might be a support because, like, I'm actually really good at, like, being a rubber duck. I am super mm-hmm. good at it. I don't mind saying that. If we sit together and you're coding, I'm pretty good at just sitting there. <laughs> so I'm pretty, like... Yeah, I think that's important, though, but it would be nice to be in a role where you had a bunch of people doing work then that you could you could visit. I feel like that, that, like, I almost wish we had more coders because I feel like I'm a better pair programmer than i am workhorse you know well there you go yeah you're like you're low on damage maybe you're high on support right now in your career like you you yeah and i have high context too and i can ask questions and i can i can tell you what the front end team is thinking while we're doing back end stuff and see that like what value is that like you're, you're now i mean that's like management maybe but like that's a that's a skill right like that we don't mm. factor into sort of like hiring, like how good are you at understanding the whole complex machine? You know, like how good are you at that? I mean, it's okay if you're like medium good or low good or, but like just, you know, are you a specialist or are you like, can you, or do you like to sit like in the back? Like, are you range, but you are at like a area of effect spellcaster and because you like to see the whole picture before you attack or something like that, you know, like you're constantly looking at the whole picture, you know, so something to think about so are you a shot caller are you uh you know just uh i don't know are you doing it for your own glory who knows so i like it these are funny programmer archetypes oh so back end i mean i just i don't know i'm just like i can back end like i can i can tank down uh and back end (laughs) to back end work but it's gonna be slow it's gonna be and i'm yeah kind of maybe cautious i'm like fearful because i'm like oh if I do that, it'll open up a giant security hole. Whereas some people are just like, I added payment in about 10 seconds, you know? And I'm like, mm. cool. That sounds 
fraught with problems, you know? <laughs> so, Does it have tests? Do they run in CI? Yeah. Did you, yeah. How, did you actually think about this? Because nothing happens that quickly. You know? Yeah. Did you test with the credit card from Azerbaijan? Like, did you do that? I don't know. I don't know the rules, you know? Like, what about that one weird Netherlands bank that you have to, like, have a money transfer or whatever? Did you do that? Did I don't know. Mm-hmm, so. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to switch over because I'm not – you have way more back-end experience than I can do. But I find it more and more compelling, more and more, like, useful to the heart of a business. I hate to say that. That feels really dismissive oh, or something. Man. For me, yeah. I, here we go. Glass ceiling over here. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> but maybe I'm just – because I'm just reflecting my own experience or what I that, – that, like, we've always had front ends so well covered at CodeBen. It's never been a big problem. And I'm not going to forget any of that stuff. And I like yeah. it. In fact, I have a big front end project I just need to sit down and do that's yeah. just – it's super reacty and it's refactory and it's – but it also involves some APIs and stuff and I, that I don't want to – that I really want to be able to handle myself because I'm like, I can I can do this, you know. But we're – you know, we use Go for lots of stuff at Coben and I'm, I'm learning it like straight up. I'm like, dang it, this is going to be – I demand that this is part of my brain now. I am going to learn the language of Go. And yeah. part of it is, you know, you got to hit it a million ways. Like if you're going to learn to play the fiddle, you don't just sit down and be like, I I am going to learn it. It's like you got to have your fiddle in your hand a lot. And you got to watch the YouTubes and you got to take lessons and you got to go watch bands that have fiddle players in them. And you have to, you know, so my desire is there and I'm trying to hit it from all the angles, which is required to learn anything, which is fine. We just, here's an example. <laughs> I got an email from Unsplash, you know. Yeah, you know that company? love that Photo? company, yeah. They are a pretty cool company. They have an API, a pretty robust developer API. And it's like so many other APIs. You To get a key, you submit a little application, and you get a development key just immediately, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm going to use it for. Boop, here's your key. And then as soon as you want it to be production, then you submit a little bit more detail, and then somebody reviews it and gives you, like, a higher rate limited production key. Well, we did that. We integrate the Unsplash API into the CodePen editor. You can search for Unsplash images, and we have a nice little DX around grabbing HTML image tags with those Unsplash images and, and such. We've had that for years and years and years. They write in and they say, somebody stole your API key and is like trying to DDoS us with it. Whoops. Because at some time in CodePen's history, we got an API key from them. It's production grade. And if a job at CodePen can be front end, we tend to leave it on front end because we have more front end strength. Not, Mm -hmm. Not that we're better at it. We just have more people on it. And so we wrote it up as a React component, you know. And it just hits the Unsplash API from the front end, gets the JSON results, and does what we want to do with it. API key, totally unprotected, you know? Whoops. I mean, you'd have to dig around in the JavaScript and stuff to root it out because it's not like we pass the API key in the URL or anything. There's like a... Right. But it's findable. So somebody found it, hammers us, Unsplash turns it off, emails us that it's a problem, fine. Yeah. The way to handle this... We've talked about a million times on the show. It's some kind of proxy. You lambda proxy the thing, it will take a, two minutes. You know, make it a Cloudflare worker or whatever. I actually wrote it as a worker real quick one morning. But then I was talking to Alex and, and whatever. It, it, you know, workers are amazing, but somebody's got to wire up some deployment code, some GitHub action workflow or something to deploy it because the way you deploy a worker is through their 
Wrangler API or whatever. It's right. not as straightforward as just this goes out with the rest of our stuff. And we've been using Go for all kinds of stuff. So we have these very powerful Go servers just sitting around doing work for us, all kinds of stuff, powering the API, powering little web servers, powering microservices of sorts, et cetera. So he's like, just throw it on the Go server because we have a precedent for that. And then nobody has to wire anything up because it's just going to go out with the rest of the Go server when it goes out. And I'm like, perfect job for a budding Go developer. I can <laughs> yeah. write a proxy. Damn right I can. So I already wrote the worker. And you know what a proxy is? It's like, Fetch Hit JSON. request, fetch, return it. I don't even have to look at what is in the middle. I just take right. the result and pass it along as the thing, you know? Mm-hmm, it should be mm-hmm. just so easy. And it truly was easy, but then you get to learn little nuances of the language and how it expects things to happen and how error handling works and, and yada, yada, yada. But, you know, we were able to build it pretty quickly and then talk it through and you know, have tests and yeah, and do it, do it kind of the right way. And, and then immediately my brain's like, awesome. You made a proxy. What's keeping other people from using that proxy. So now you're going down this big so firewall tree or whatever. No, but you know? that was part of the advantage of doing it. Dave is that our Cloudflare worker wouldn't be a proxy because or it is a proxy, but it wouldn't be protected. You can do some stuff like check the refer. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just a header. Just see if it came from codepen.io. If it didn't reject the result, that's a little useful. But if somebody's really dedicated to hammering you, they can just fake the refer, Spoofed and they might the, be. The, yeah. It might be one of the first checks they do because they might be right. like, "Well, they're probably blocking on the refer." Not so with our Go servers, Dave. Our Go servers are protected behind all kinds of crap, yeah. including having a valid session cookie. Good luck spoofing that. You can't. You know. Right. You mean right. So that was an advantage to putting it on the Go server, too, is that all those protections and crap are already built into our internal servers. See? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that just speaks to, like, the power of the back end, you know? This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.com slash CodePen. That's Notion.com slash CodePen to help you take the first step towards an organized, happier team today. That again is Notion.com slash CodePen. I know this is Shop Talk Show and not CodePen Radio, but that's the URL we got just to keep all them clicks all consolidated for this overall sponsorship. Notion is the best. As you know, I've done videos about how we use Notion. We've talked about Notion a ton on CodePen Radio and Shop Talk Show. It's a phenomenal software product. In my opinion, really changed the game for and kind of like invented a new category of knowledge management app, which is kind of how I think of it. But it's it's an app that's really at the core of running any kind of business, but probably mostly you know, software technology businesses, because that's where my brain is at. It helps you plan projects and have shared calendars and have shared meeting notes. And, you know, what you can do with it is really open ended in the best possible way. Everything you make is like a database or documents and it's all nested and has good permissions levels and stuff. I know I'm speaking very abstractly here, but once you get into using it, you're going to find it very natural and comfortable to use, especially in a team setting. And it just really brings people together. And I have no doubt that it's made us a better place to work 
at the places that uh, uh, the businesses I've incorporated Notion into there. It's like Notion is where the work happens a lot of times, and I really love that. I also want to say one thing about how I appreciate how they get the details right at Notion as a company. For example, for a long time, anybody has says, where's the API? Where's the API? For years and years and years. Finally, they're like, here's the API. And it's super well done, and it's well documented, it has good default integrations, it's just a super well done API, to the point where people are just like, um, thanks. <laughs> That's perfect, actually. Great. <laughs> you know? And then they took a bunch of time to get even a little detail about how text is selected across blocks in the document editor, Went just underwent this great improvement of how you can select text across them. And it feels just like you're selecting text in a natural way that you'd expect in any text editor, which was different before because of the block nature of editing. A little hard to describe, but if you don't notice it, well... That's what they wanted. They didn't want you to be like, oh, why is text selection weird in here? Which it kind of used to be a little bit. Uh, and now it's just better. And I appreciate that. Like, we're going to spend time on that detail. Not on some necessarily some big flashy thing, but just on getting the experience of using the app good. Thanks for the support, Notion. I've been looking at, so I test drove Nuxt 3, Chris. Nice. Nuxt 3. It's uh, only a couple beta. weeks out, isn't it? Oh, well, so they out. put a beta out in September, and it was a rough cut. Uh, okay. But the new, <laughs> the new one is smoking. It's great. Uh, and, what are you uh, getting? The, well, so the big thing is it has this new Nitro server, which is like, um, Sick, I don't know. Yeah. It's, 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 based, it's based on this other package or something. Yeah, it's Vite based entirely. Yes, build Vite. Um, but what what's cool about it is it you you now have can do server routes in from from Nuxt, right? And you don't have to like spin up an express server inside your Nuxt app or whatever. You just have a folder called server slash API slash post.js or whatever. Yeah, and so now you have file based routing. And you yep. can do it post.get.js and then post, you know, brackets id.get or whatever you want to do. File However, system routing, baby. File system right. routing. And it's awesome and like and very fast and at hot module reloads. There's a bug now with Nuxt where like your server mm. middleware won't hot reload because <laughs> if it has a require statement in it, that sucks. But anyway, um, but the the update is really pretty stinking awesome and what um i think i like about it is now you can deploy to netlify right you can deploy these routes to netlify the mm. server and it'll get auto chunked up into edge functions because basically no. those each of those routes is one export handler and so all those get split up into edge functions so you're running a server side application or all the yeah. server stuff is running in the server stuff, like, and then pages is all UI stuff, and that's all Whoa. file-based routing too. And so, who wrote that? That's a nice adapter. I mean, I'm good gonna job, Ben Ben Cozen. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> who's Ben? Uh, but no, it's just like he's not with I and Nuxt, right? So I know if I Nuxt, so I think it's in his like domain, but I I don't yeah. know if he wrote the adapter, but. Uh, but I just there's a lot of auto magic happening. But I think what's super cool about it is it that line between ser what's a server and what's a function and what's a 
client side UI is just erasing and it's, it's wild. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I just pushed up my node app or my Nuxt app, my client side Nuxt app. And all of a sudden I have server routes happening. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Cool. We just did a video, me and you on the Cloudflare work or Cloudflare pages that uses workers kind of vibe. And they have that file system based thing too. And I feel like as common for Cloudflare, I know I give them a lot of credit, but I think they do cool stuff. They took it one step further in that because they're workers, they're not it's not just a route, but they just automatically run by hitting mm-hmm. that URL. So you both the page gets returned and the worker runs on top of it. They both run, which I think is just super cool. And and that they have these like wildcard routes, right? That you can use these double bracket syntax and be like, it's basically like star, you know, which I think is kind of <laughs> cool in a path. Like yeah. you know, slash product slash ABC, you can make sure that ABC it runs on ABC and DEF and GHI and whatever. I think that's just freaking cool, dude. And edge functions are the best. Yeah, well, and I mean, I just went through a whole deal where I unnetlified the whole app because I, we had some long functions, you know, um, like background API kind of stuff that took. Oh, don't more. they support that though? Well, no. they do, but it's like you had to name them something weird, and it was just kind of yeah. like we we had enough stuff. We had to have a node server and cron jobs. They didn't support cron jobs. Guess what? They support cron jobs now. Um, so Ew. now I'm like, oh man, Nellify might work again. But you know, but then you have like a database server and stuff. Anyway, it's we're just trying to anyway figure it out. It. We're getting we're getting there. But it's uh but you know, there it could be a future where I'm back on Nellify, which would be totally wild, but you know, it's just a mm-hmm. um but just the idea that I can like very easily like spin up little server routes, that's very good for me. So where what it was very their, hard before. So what is their like HTML rewriter answer? Are there edge functions just like their server functions that happen to run at edge nodes or can they change their responses also? I think they can change the responses. I think like that's like the one thing it does, you know, I mean, in, in theory, this is what it's generating a whole response, right? Like, you know, but right. I think they can like also do the edge functions sort of re rewriting of things, but I haven't looked into that yet for, for yeah. especially like Nuxt or whatever. So I'm curious what the API is. Cause I've used the HTML rewriter API a bunch and it's, <clears throat> Not a bunch, but you know, I get it, and it's 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 just a little strange. It like streams your HTML through this through the HTML rewriter function, and you have to like respond to matches as it's streaming and and such. It's it's a little hard to describe. I wish yeah. it was a little bit more like jQuery. Like, yeah, here's yeah. the response dollar sign. You know, whatever. Yeah. Just, yeah just query for the thing and replace it or some crap that may just not be speed compatible because then it mm-hmm. needs the whole Dom before I can modify it or something. But I, I right. wish it was like that. How do you like modify a streaming thing? I'm sure you can now because a lot of work's gone into streams, but I don't, yeah, that's stuff I don't get too much. So yeah, and and your HTML better and... be well formed, which is fine if it's your own site probably, but less so when it's not, over in the Discord, we're one day solving a uh, password-protected PDF task, you know, and 
like, and you think just, oh, well, proxy. But like when you're proxying a blob, like all sorts of crud happens, you know, and like renaming the PDF. So it's not like your actual files name and handing that back down. So it was, yeah. it was a kind of a mind bender. I need to dig up that solution, maybe blog about it or whoever was doing that needs to blog about it. But it was just kind of a, a big, um, it was a big yeah. mind bender, man. We're, we're just, I, I, I was like, Totally nerd sniped. I should have been working, but I just was like, <laughs> this is the most important thing today. But I just was like, man, I, it was, it should be easy. It should be like five lines of code. And it kind of is, but you have to know the five lines. That's sort of the trick, you know, it's like, like, what are the five magic keywords that make this PDF like password protected streaming blob show up? <laughs> that gives so, me heebie-jeebies almost. It's so much. It's so much. So I, my little like, tirade yesterday that nobody seemed to care about which makes it perfect you know shop talk fodder yeah dude this is this is the world for uh our unrequited tweets so it's yeah like, and we our... wonder why syntax is more popular Come on, yeah i we... know why is syntax more popular Chris, <laughs> when we're running our gums about some dumb tweet we've tweeted so yeah with hard evidence that nobody cares but yeah <laughs> <laughs> well but the whole thing is I just I, I just think about websites and like a single page app that it spins up and then it has to go get some data. So it does and comes back and renders it. We all know what that is. Right. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, and there's been a little bit of industry pushback to that being a great idea or not. But, you know, plenty of people do it and there's plenty of use cases for it. But it's like when that API request happens to go get some data, there's a really super high chance that wherever that is happening is a single origin server. It's in one place on planet Earth. It's mm-hmm. in Oregon or Amsterdam or Japan or something. It's not CDN. It's probably mm-hmm. just not because multi-origin stuff is really hard to pull off, you know? But, like, I screen share with Rachel on my team in Australia sometimes. And it's like I watch her do development. And it's like, whoa, that sucks. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Like you're pulling a Docker container. Yeah, because she's in Australia. She's got to like, yeah. Yeah, and uh, people uh, pretend like they're so multi-region fancy CDN, and you're like, no, you're not. Right. Especially if, okay, sure, your stuff is on Netlify, so it's CDN, right? Well, not if you hit any API, because the, the stuff that comes back from the API is probably the the most important content of the whole site. It's not the HTML shell. It's yeah, you don't get much. Can, you don't get no. much without the API data. But there's no. really not a heart and soul to the website. And sure, and maybe you use some fancy Netlify stuff. Maybe you use one of their builder things where it happens once and then it really is cached and yada yada. But there's so yeah. much stuff, API stuff that depends on the logged in user and blah blah blah. So that's always the most important data, and it's always single origin. And I, so here's the, the I haven't even gotten to the tirade part, but the point is rather than trying to solve the single origin problem and moving your data to edge nodes, which is a noble goal. And if you can figure out some way to do that, fine. The way around it, though, is to leave it single origin response, but make the internet get the data first. Like make the CDN perform the fetch request to that CDN, get the data rewrite it into the response and respond with the response. The advantage to that seems massive to me because it's not your crappy internet connection doing the fetch. 
it's not your lame not, I just I'm overstating this for effect, but it's not your phone doing the request on the yeah, network. Rachel isn't going to Oregon to get the data like over her her consumer Wi-Fi. Like it's right, and it's still got to go to Oregon from Australia. But why doesn't the Cloudflare node there go do it instead? Which is a huge computer sitting on a super fat pipe. Mm-hmm. That computer should go get the data, come back, re- transform the response, and then deliver it. To me, that's like it's not quite the same as multi-origin, but at least you're making super fat pipe internet computers do that fetch, not your client, not your right, phone right. or whatever. You know? Yeah, I guess like at some point you would hope it does get on the fat pipe, um, but server to server seems way more... Yeah, the durable. last mile sucks, like, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, no, that's interesting. So, like, yeah, interesting. I, I went, Have you done it, or does it work, or did you try it? Or? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I've done it. I've done it over and over now. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. And, and has Sorry, it yeah. improved her experience? Is it? That's well, kinda... it's not. This is the Rachel thing was just a – I haven't actually done anything to fix her experience. That That's like – npm install is like six slow for her yeah because that's that's the same so that was just an example of what it's like i just mean like if we're going to fix the industry maybe that's a way to do it rather than multi-region everything just make more edge computers do more so i think that's the point is that like netlify's edge functions and workers and vercel's got edge functions they're starting to clearly be movement in this direction that's going to help overall the problem well there could be too you know caching at that layer too maybe it's a little more durable like oh i just got this a minute ago with all this same header data like i don't actually need to go true caching is totally a part of the story and i don't even claim to be a computer scientist that understands all the details of what's involved here i just mean there are some you know captain proxy over here feels like make the proxies happen at the edge why not yeah maybe man me i think i would love to see like how fast it could go so i would because i yeah in my brain i'm like oh it all hits a fat pipe eventually but i just you know oh no servers are so fast (laughs) so versus like you know me calling you know and in your servers all know each other. They're all in the same DNS. They're all in the same, you know, like it doesn't have to hop its way across the internet to find itself, you know? So, and you can look at the actual data too, because you can log in and see how yeah. fast your edge functions are running. And there's a hundred percent chance they're smoking your network tab in your browser. Like, right, right. Hmm. Interesting. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by another podcast. Another podcast that just so happens to be even a little bit older than Shop Talk Show. And we've been here for 10 years. For over a dozen years, the Stack Overflow podcast has been exploring what it means to be a developer and how the art and practice of software programming is changing our world. From COBOL to containers, from Rails to React, the Stack Overflow podcast is the best place to learn what's happening in the world of software development. Each week, you'll hear from working developers and leaders from top technology companies hosted by Ben Popper, Cassidy Williams, Matt 
Kier Nander and Siora Ford. The Stack Overflow podcast is your home for all things code. New episodes twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for the support. Elon Musk bought Twitter. That was a thing, right? Didn't Elon it? Musk bought Twitter. I'm, you know, it's, you know, I've been thinking about like, you know, you just have to choose which billionaires you're going to live under, you know, whichever house you're going to join, you know, yeah. which billionaire house and, and who's, uh, oh, is it not actually done? No, we keep saying that, but is it, it isn't actually done. Or uh, no? I think the board has approved a, Potential sale, I think is what it was. And so I think they have to vote on that officially or whatever. Mm. Uh, and or the the board, yeah, the board has approved like considering the offer or something like that. So anyway, so he has to, I think it has to go through a bunch of stuff. It may not be like six or nine months until, but then I just read something. He's the interim, might be the interim CEO if it's going through. So Okay, so we don't actually know yet, but there's still some. Clearly, that's it's hot drama, or it was for a minute, or but it seemed to die off pretty quickly. Like as we're talking about it, it doesn't seem as hot of news as it was last week. But there's also a chance that he's going to nuke his own deal by the running his mouth. <laughs> so, like, because he has like a non-disparagement agreement, like he can't say Twitter sucks or whatever. But he's like clearly done that. So, like, oh, you know. I don't know. So, but there was a really good um, Mike Industries. What is the Mike Industries? Oh, yeah. Uh, not new, no. What was his first thing that you know Mike Davidson from? God, man, I'm blanking. Um, was he ran this like one news of those... aggregator website that was all green. And anyway. Yeah. Oh, Newsvine. That's it. Yeah. ESPN <laughs> Disney, Twitter for a long time. He had a really good post. Uh, I'll post it here in the show notes. But it was um, it was about uh, – he just basically made comments on this whole thing from an insider perspective as somebody who worked under Jack and Dick Costolo and, like, he mm-hmm. worked there for a long time as head of design. And uh, there's a lot to, lot to read here because he's just kind of like, hey, look, Elon is – good and bad <laughs> like there's parts of them that are good and there's parts that are bad but and i think this is how it would impact twitter but um interesting i have not read that and i kind of like mike uh or i, I don't mean to to couch that mike i like you mike you're <laughs> <laughs> I can't go. no um uh, but yeah, so it, it's a uh, it's it's very interesting to me i just i liked his perspective just because he's not you know, he's as somebody who like has worked on and cares about the the product, but he goes into like Twitter is, you know, like you can sort of like think like it's just needs to be way open, but man, it that just opens the door for abuse like big time, like abuse you don't want to even think or hear about. So like before yeah, you say like I'm just gonna un go fully unmoderated you need to really think about that so i mean that would um, there's no excuse for that i I would not tolerate it 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 was before way long before elon musk this was even ever news at all i had one of those kind of like is this really healthy for me moments and i haven't really left twitter or something i'm not really even thinking about doing that but i did the thing where you just take it off your phone and i know you've done that a number of times in the past right 
Uh, maybe you even still do. Yeah, it was off my phone for a long time. Um, I just like logged in. It's it's that thing I go on a business trip and I just need it for because somebody's like, I'll DM you my my yeah, where I am, right. you know, and you're like, dang it. Um, so it's on my phone, but I need to take it back off. It's so nice when it's off. You feel so stupid, but you're just I've like had it off for months now, and I really like it. And it doesn't mean that I never use it on my phone because they have a web app. It's just when it's not an icon on the home screen, I just don't do that as much. I only check no. it like really, like when I really want to or whatever. And it's just feel it's a just it does feel like a bit of a load off. It's it's like it. tough because you're like you're now in boring mode. <laughs> Like there's not, you have to kind of find stuff to be interesting, you know, and, uh, that's always hard, but, um, yeah, I, I ended up clicking Instagram a lot more and that, that got, that got out of hand. So I had to remove that one too. And you know, uh, and Inst- Instagram pushed me out, Chris, they, they, they want did. my birthday and I'm just like, no. no, so I'm done with Instagram. Sorry, friends. I've known since college. We'll see ya. I guess I, we don't talk to anymore. Your babies are stupid. So I'm not on that app anymore because they want my birthday. I had like a re honeymoon with it because I just followed a million meme accounts just any meme thing that they would do and I like loved it I was just like oh man this 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 site's got jokes you know like memes are- <laughs> <laughs> yeah I love yeah, it I yeah. stopped caring about about people on there at all I was just like just give me the jokes you know but then it started to get unhealthy because I all I did was click the icon in the same way I clicked the Twitter one to just be like give me a hit of them jokes you know refresh give me that dopamine baby yeah, yeah. and then the memes started to all feel the same you know I'm like oh yeah avocado toast or whatever you know I, I get it yeah. And, then I, and then I started getting a little weirder and darker with the memes. And I'm like, this is useless. And I had to delete that too. But I do like sharing stuff on Instagram when I can. But I, dude, it is, I got, I was getting into it maybe because you were, but I just was like, I was like, maybe I'll start posting on Instagram more. I, I like, I like interacting with old friends here, you know, and, yeah. and now they want my birthday. I would bring it a bit serious. Can we get serious here in the shop? Talk show? We don't get serious that. One thing that Elon's made me realize, you know, I think immediately people are like, I'm going to build my own blog. I'm going to build my own, <laughs> you know, social network or whatever. Like, that's cool. Uh, but my, my just, the thing that's been rattling around in my head, maybe I should blog about it, is just like, you can structure your life in a way that it doesn't matter what billionaire bought your favorite thing. <laughs> so maybe like, Take steps like now, you know, if, if Elon taking over Twitter frightens the hell out of you or, you know, maybe you need to make a blog, you know, and, and host it somewhere. And then even on top of that, like what if Matt Billman from Netlify turns out to be just the worst billionaire, you know, I don't, you know, he's not, he's very sweet, downright dude, but like, what if, right. Or like, right. So like, then what, what do we do, Chris? What do we do? Well, guess what? My blog's a bunch of markdown files. I just yeah, pick up and I, deal. you know what I mean? Like, so I just, anyway, that's just something to think about. So maybe, maybe there's pieces of your life you can structure to where it doesn't matter. You know, um, it's true. Sometimes that dread comes from not, not necessarily even your own usage of it, but just like for the world, I'm sad mm-hmm. for the world and me leaving isn't gonna affect that that much but yeah I, I like the idea of your own infrastructure but these days my gosh you're we're built on the back of a hundred things you know yeah. just leaving that top level thing maybe doesn't matter you know maybe it's like maybe it's markdown itself that turned out to be a nazi or something <laughs> <gasps> Gruber. 
Groover's the bad one. So I was thinking of like, isn't isn't them? You know, just like yeah. block element modifier. Isn't that like yeah. super Russian? Like, does oh, that is mean, it? Should we oh. should we should we stop using Gagaronis? Gagaronis. I mean, what do that. you do with that? I mean, I don't what do you do? Yeah. No, that could be a problem. I but the, the don't the quote me on that exactly. Is, but I get the idea that it is. I think in that situation. No one's profiting off my use of hyphens and underscores, uh, but uh, it's probably fine. So it's interesting times uh, in the future here with the old Twitter Rooney. So mm. I don't know. I got a uh, Jim Nielsen writes in. Mm-hmm. He's asking me about my life, you know, after after CSS tricks. And he's he, we were talking about camper vans. Apparently, actually, after we record this show, I got to go pick one up. Not that we bought what that we rented on Outdoorsy. You ever yeah, use yeah, that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Just got getting a like a Sprinter van. I don't know if it's Sprinter's the brand, but that's kind of how people think of them. Those big delivery vans that are yeah loaded up. Yeah. Yeah. Ready, ready for camping. They got a bed in the back and stuff, but they're not enormous, you know, but they can be outfitted with like a sink and a fridge and a, you know, decent electricity situation inside and stuff like that. And that's what this one is. It, it, it's kind of the official van of the, the remote, you know, what are they, a vagabond style tech yeah, worker? The van, hashtag van life. Yeah. Yeah. I go in phases of being like, these are the best. I have to have these and, and being like this too small for my large body. Like mm-hmm. you can't actually like hang out in it. It's not really an RV. Maybe little people can, but like you're either in the bed in or driving it or not in the van to me. You know? Yeah. 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 That's uh, I think that's it for me. I actually don't, you know, I, I in Texas at least this might be a Texas thing. Maybe up north where it's cold, you actually want this. But when why do they put a kitchen in there? I don't. I don't want to cook food <laughs> in there. Preach, Dave. I don't want to. I don't want to do do in my car. <laughs> like I just that's well. I, I think that the kitchen is what in in a in other stuff. Even the fridge and stuff. I know some people love it, so no shade. But that's what takes sometimes a van from like the sixty grand level because they're kind of expensive. These vans even mm-hmm. as the shell to like one sixty. You know the yeah, full yeah. build out and stuff. And you're like, I don't want any of that. I've camped my whole life. You know where you want to cook bacon on the picnic table on your white gas stove. With your cast iron skillet, because then all that bacon ass grease goes up into the sky for other campers to <laughs> smell before it turns into rain or whatever happens yeah, to bacon grease. You want a good six feet of clearance there. And you know how so. much that costs? Like 40 bucks, because those little stoves are cheap and you just have a junky cast iron skillet that you've had for forever. That, you don't, you know. To have spent tens of thousands of dollars to produce this kitchen that you don't even want to use feels very sad to me. Toilet's the same. You don't want a little pull-out pooper in there. Gross. Yeah, I mean, maybe an emergency potty or a nighttime potty is useful. <laughs> I will concede. But uh, but the, the idea that that is like the best use of my limited square footage is... Is kind no. of shocking. Sometimes they turn out to be a stool, and you like lift open the stool, and that's where the little thing is. But you know, this was so great. You know, there's a sink in one I went to go look at. I was, you know, I was Craigslisting, and she's like, "Meet me at the grocery store parking lot." And we, I looked at her van, and there's a sink, and the sink just 
you use the sink, the water just push right out the bottom of the thing. There's no. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's right. just how they're built. I think that's common. Great but she one. like wired up into it. Not only does it do that, but another little hose that at the top of it had a kind of like female body part kind of like thing that you put there and then you pee into it and it just vacates too. So oh, you okay. Yeah, so it just goes right out the bottom of your van, which I thought was very clever because then you don't have to like store your own piss, you know. You just let the piss. Let it go to nature. Let it go. Things. Yeah. You know, throw well, a little water down there to squish it out. And... Yeah. Right. That's <laughs> Dudes I, can I, just pee in the sink, you know. She needed oh, a little... Uh, utility. <laughs> um... No, I think that's like, uh, you know, uh, I think there's, I, yeah, I, I really resist the urge of like quitting tech and designing a camper just for myself. So it's uh, like, I know mm-hmm. what I'll do. Get into mass fabrication. I can't but. find the right, because that appeals to me too, certainly. But like, so the, if the if the Sprinter van to, to me feels like a little too small, although I'm just renting one for the first time here. So we're going to find out. Maybe it'll be my favorite thing in the whole world. But also, you know, size-wise, I want like, you know, I want whatever Aerosmith tours in, you know, like, you know, that would be great. But then you, where do you camp? You can't camp anywhere cool. You got to camp in a cornfield because you you're certainly not making tight corners and gravel roads with that yeah. piece. I'll see people come into the camping grounds with those things, and they're brutal, dude. They're just scraping trees on all four <laughs> sides of like even the windshields getting hit by like scraping a tree out and they pick yeah. up a tree on the way in and like uh i just like that is so cool and like you are living the life and your little slide out like the living slide room is out awesome clutch it's, yeah. i'm into it but man like you're just I don't think you're getting home. Like, I, just, I don't no. think it's going to make it home. So, not to uh, mention your sub five miles per gallon. That's brutal too. So, yeah. yeah. So, people buy those things to drive across the country. I'm like, oh my god, it must cost you twenty grand in gas to get across the country. But you're living life. You're you're living life on your own terms. That's I think good. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think, uh, and I don't know. I I like the. Especially if you're like, if you're going to live in a camper, you need like a kitchen or you want a kitchen, you want even the slide outs and everything. But for me as like a very casual camper, I just want like, I want small kitchen on the outside. Yeah. uh, Bathroom on the outside. Talk to me about kitchen on the outside. Can you just slide out like a drawer that would have a stove or something? Let me tell you about the Opus 4. (laughs) 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 Putting a link in the show notes for everybody. Did you order one or do you got it? Oh, oh, Chris. I went and looked at it. So uh, the Opus 4 is awesome. It's a little off-road. It's a pop-up officially. uh, But it um, is the, the problem with it. Can I tell you the problem with it? I'm looking at it. Okay, so it's it's a, a pop-up camper. So you open up the top, right? Almost like a book. Yeah, I have the you, Sylvan Sport Go. It's really okay. similar. Very similar. And this one, though, is inflatable. So it's not a mechanical pop-up. Oh. It's like air. So it's like a bouncy castle. So the only thing that can go wrong is a leak, but not a, a leak, but you can like duct tape it, you know, or right. your, your air compressor can go out, but I, I haven't looked into it, but I think you can maybe even just plug in another air compressor, like just, you can hot rod into yeah. it. So like, that's all it would take to make to, your kids take turns. Blowing it up. Yeah. Blow. <laughs> go kids. When you get lightheaded, switch off with your seat. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, um, Anyway, I, this is maybe where I, I'm headed, but it's like kind of a rugged, you know, pull. It's like sport 
sport package. You got to get the sport package yeah, so it's off good. the ground, right? A little dinette well, in the middle. Slide out kitchen, though, I see. Slide out kitchen. So that's critical. So it's like you just slide the kitchen out. It's not on the inside. It's on the outside. That's why you went camping, to go outside, right? Yeah. Uh, unless yeah. it rains, that's a bummer, I guess. But guess what? You put a little tarp over there. Um, but anyway, it's, it's awesome. But it was like $38,000 to start. And I just was like, man, I like it. I don't know if I $38,000 like anything. <laughs> like, yeah, I the Sylvan Sports started at 11 and it has just a lot of similarities. That's, but it is kind of beautiful, a little more rugged. Little Although, more rugged. You, do, you, do you need so. the kitchen? I mean, what you need is a table and then uh, 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 a Blackstone, like, yeah. Know, like, yeah, 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 a Coleman stove, dude. Nothing, yeah, no, 20 I, bucks. well, and that's it. I mean, maybe we could get down but we also want big beds because like we got kids yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah. kicking us and so this will work for four though because you got two and two yeah and then it has the like you can fold down the living room and uh you know put stuff and or like make a bed in the living room and yeah. I, I originally was like against this feature but it has a cinema feature so you can like uh this oh, is like now, a big white wall like a the big blast. white wall mm. throw up dory on there you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah the door and like let the kids just zone out and i i was i was looking at these the other day on amazon and now it will not stop showing me these like nebula capsules it's like yeah. a yeah it looks like a looks like a bluetooth speaker and it is i guess but it also has a little projector built into it they yeah, look yeah. sweet they look sweet no it, it, i've seen those and they've come up in my feed too uh but because yeah you just like boom pop that out that's your speaker for the weekend too like double purpose i love it Shigeru Miyamoto, creative Mario loves it. We love it. But the, and, and I was against it, but then I was like, you know, like if you want to go camping as grownups, you won't, you know, we're going in the winter. It gets dark at four. Like maybe this is awesome. We just park the kids and grownups can sit around and drink and talk and do stuff. And so I don't know. This I is, love it. Uh, it's expensive. And, but the thing about campers, here's the other thing. You can't always think about the initial costs. You got to think about the like resale. You can what? factor in the resale. And so, but unfortunately the resale value is like zero as I've found out. <laughs> so mm, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's maybe at the beginning the of COVID it was juicy, but not no more. Yeah. So anyway, we will, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. It's, it's very cool, but it's very expensive, but maybe, maybe this is my whatever rage mm. quit alternative. Maybe. So. Yeah. Maybe. So Jim, no more, no van tricks.com until we have a couple years before that. This is yeah. your van trick. This will be, this is the only episode of van tricks uh, this year. All right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll have more. So, so I was using the Sony ZV1 camera. You got one too. We have the same camera. I'm using it right now. Beautiful, yeah. I think. Um, Mine's, mine would just quit in the middle of a call. Like it would be 15 minutes in and it would just go, you know, when the, the lens kind of, recedes back into the camera just goes yeah it's like i'm about to be out of juice so i'm just gonna turn off yeah and i think the way that that camera works is you plug usb into it like micro Mm -hmm. or whatever and it's continuously charging the battery and then the camera uses the battery so at some point the battery degrades so far that it's just toast Yeah. yeah Yeah. So I buy a third party battery and it's been a little better, but it's still even the third party battery. I can tell such a piece of junk that it still shuts off once in a while. So I'm trying to find the right battery. But I took the and then I was like, maybe this isn't right, you know, because still it's close. It's better than my big old DSLR was even quality wise. I think it's outstanding. 
it, you have two outputs. You have the the USB and you have the micro HDMI out. So it's a two cable situation. And I was, I'm always looking around for, could it be a one cable situation? I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. yeah. So I buy the Logitech Me, Mima, Mimo, Frick. Logitech Mimo Frick. <laughs> Uh, Mevo, M-E-V-O. And it's got a killer landing page, you know, great marketing material. They look like nice, well-built little cameras. They try to sell you three of them for whatever reason, because I think they're kind of, they have some useful multi-cam stuff for mm-hmm. streaming and stuff that I think is kind of neat. And probably open the door for like low budget, but still multi-cam shoots, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I was like, these things are 300 400 bucks a pop. Oof. Right. So it's not just a webcam. You know, people aren't spending most people aren't spending four hundred dollars on a webcam. I'm kind of was in that market. I'm like, I want a badass webcam, like charge me four hundred dollars for the webcam. The Sony ZV one's more than that, but it's in that ballpark. So it seemed like I could theoretically replace my CV one with a Mevo, get the same kind of quality with a just USB C straight up output. And I was like, Oh, that's going to be sick. But it comes today. It's just trash. Like it's the quality on it is really bad. Like, wow, how bad can a $400 camera be? And you need special software just to connect anyway. So you, it's not, it doesn't just immediately recognize itself as a webcam. You have to mm-hmm. like install stuff for that to work. Install two pieces of software, one on your phone and one on, so whatever. I just, I, I'm astounded at how good of reviews this thing got for being such a garbage camera that require that doesn't just recognize itself as a plugged in webcam. Really bad. Chris, are you saying that the entire internet is fake? That's I think what you're hinting at. Um, that's too bad. Uh, I, I like really like Logitech and Logitech peripherals. So that's too yeah. bad. I you mean, know, it's I just had, my experience. Maybe I got a bum one or something, but I'll post some side by sides. So you can see about the 4k Brio, you know, um, business one, right? That, that's Logitech, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Logitech. And, um, it was okay, but it, it's got a plastic like, like face. And so, if any moisture is in the air, it just looks like I'm in a cloud, you know. Or like oh, I'm man. I have one of those two room, sitting so. around because I thought it would be I mean, And it is 4K, but it's just, eh, it's no good. Yeah, the, the quality is kind of rough. So I'm, I think glass lens you got to have, um, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. It's too then bad. There's, I, the, there's the Elgato face cam. Looks pretty good. It's even cheaper than the Brio, which makes me worried. Like, it's it's just, I hate to be that price sensitive, but it looks too cheap to be good, to be really good, you know? It does. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if the quality is just there. I think Elgato's maybe a good, like... I, I'm tempted to try it. There's no way it can be worse than the Mevo. And the the example shots are pretty sweet. And their whole business is streamers, right? And so if streamers pick up and gamers pick up on this, that it's bad, it's just not, it's going to fall off the face of the earth, you know? Yeah, but it hasn't. So maybe I'll try the face. I'll return this Mevo and get a face cam. There's also this Opal camera that I really want to see ship. It's just been in, it's 300 bucks and it's been in, you know, preview forever. I've heard it's cool, but I heard the they charge you for the AI software it runs on every month or something like that. So. 
I was like, oh, we were looking at the Elgato website in the Discord. I forgot about this. The face cam website uh, where it has the raw to the core section. Yeah, maybe it might be different, but it's like face cam and it's just one marble sliding down to a monitor. <laughs> right. And then the other webcams, oh, that marble takes a journey, man. And it just, <laughs> it's not a, it's a, it's a bad that obviously the other one's bad. <laughs> so it's maybe this my is favorite. really disingenuous. Yeah. It's my favorite uh graphic on the internet. Like full <laughs> 3D animation. Oh, it's beautiful, dude. It's just oh the and the marbles start out orange, Chris. They go or it's blue, it turns orange, and then it goes back to blue. Oh, so that's an inefficient way to, to do marbles from your webcam. So <laughs> I do not know what to even oh, say about that thing. That is an I amazing love graphic. This. Oh, I'm crying. It's so beautiful. <laughs> it's so it's so like, how can we explain this concept? <laughs> <laughs> just not even for it's it's saying it's simple, but it's just like just so internet is a series of tubesy, you know? <laughs> it's just <laughs> I'm just dying. Okay. It's the best. Everyone go check it out. It's uh, elgato.com slash face oh Do I have so. to buy one of these? I almost like that it doesn't have a microphone, though. The Opal, you're clearly paying for their very fancy microphone on oh, it also, man. which you don't really want. No. How many times have you been on the – you just sound like a potato because you're in the – like face cam. It just means the... that some of those 300 bucks are going towards that, which I'd, I'd want it to go towards the glass on the lens. You right. Know? As a podcaster, we already have $300 going towards. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so, to be know, fair, we kind so. of do. What I want is Sony, apparently, because this freaking ZV-1 kicks butt, to make a version of, like, make it the ZV-2 that's just not a point and shoot. It just has USB-C out on it. Just yeah. same camera or even more trimmed down because I don't need any on-camera shenanigans. I almost don't even need – I flip out the little preview thing, but mm-hmm. I almost don't need that. You know, I really just need something that turns on and looks good. So Yeah, just make that the same but as good or better of glass, you know. Yeah. That would be slick. Think about it, Sony. You could do it. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'm glad. Thanks for, I got to get all my rants out today. That was good. It's a good mouth blogging episode. I think I should do that right, right down my DPS, (laughs) my, my video game, uh, job title or, or just roll. How do you get the roll? But all right, well, cool. We should wrap it up then, huh, Chris? Because we got probably yeah. we got jobs to do. So uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast your choice. Be sure to start heart favorite it up. That's how people find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter at Shop Talk Show for 16 tweets a month. Uh, YouTube, it's uh, back up and going. There might be a video like right last yesterday, two days ago, something. Videos are back on uh, over yeah. at uh, YouTube.com slash Shop Talk Show. And uh, join us in the Discord, Patreon.com slash Shop Talk Show. And Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Uh, no, bye. <laughs> ShopTalkShow.com. VanTalk.com. <laughs> <laughs>